Welcome to University, a podcast for young people navigating life's big transitions. I'm Anne-Marie Ciresso, your host. On University, you'll hear stories from college students. You'll get tips from experts. And occasionally, you'll hear from a parent's perspective on how to manage this time of change in your life consciously. Find yourself. Find your purpose. Find your people and pursue you fearlessly. So one in four people are suffering from anxiety and depression. Mental illness is on the rise in students of all ages. We're just on the heels of Mental Health Awareness Month, and this week I'm proud to be talking with Elizabeth Langshire, who struggled with acute anxiety and depression that landed her in the hospital at the age of 11. And to make matters more complicated, as she was navigating her way back to her normal routine and school life, she encountered bullying from a good friend who gossiped about her illness to others behind her back. This week, Elizabeth courageously shares with us how she overcame her battle with anxiety and depression, let go of her unhealthy relationships, and has reinvented herself by transforming her struggle into a gift for so many others just like her. At only 16 years old, Elizabeth is a real inspiration to us all with her courage, her clarity, her conviction. So listen in this week as she shares her journey and what she's doing today as a result and what she's learned about herself. So welcome, Elizabeth. Thanks for being on the show today. Thanks for having me. Tell our listeners just a little bit about yourself. Um, So I am 16 and I am a student at a French school. Um, And what else? What else is interesting? Um, And you go to a French school here in Chicago, right? Yes. Yeah. I've been there my entire life, actually. Wow. Interesting. Yeah. So you're fluent in French. Yes. All the classes are in French, which is a really unique experience. And you're not French. No, my parents are Canadian, actually. So we have that a bit of connection to the French language, but not much. And they speak, they speak French? Uh, a bit of French, yeah, but it's mostly English at home. Awesome. So, yeah. fun. Well, thanks so much for being here. I'm excited to um, have this conversation with you and um, share your story. And one of the things that um, I know about you is that you were diagnosed with anxiety and depression at the age of 11. And you have this passion now about helping remove the stigma surrounding mental illness. So I want to hear a little bit about your journey to like age 11 and being diagnosed with anxiety and depression. What, what was going on? Yeah, of course. So um, when I was 11, I started actually having um, more physical health issues and the doctors didn't really know what was going on. So I ended up missing quite a bit of school. Um, which ended up causing a lot of anxiety because I missed tests and would have to do a lot of work at home. And so my anxiety got really bad at a certain point because my physical health was really bad. Um, And I ended up then starting to suffer from both really bad anxiety and depression at the beginning of my sixth grade year, so when I was 11. Um, And I was initially then placed into day treatments outside of my school to help treat the anxiety and the depression so that I could go back to school and feel better and not be suffering from so much debilitating mental illness. And then um, I ended up, it didn't get that much better as well as um, my physical health started getting worse. And so I ended up being placed in the hospital um, for self-harm issues. And it was a whole journey coming 
um, to getting treatment and to feeling better about my mental health and to getting better. And ultimately, my physical health started getting better. I was diagnosed with Crohn's disease and started treatments for that, which ended up really helping my mental health. But I ended up dealing with a lot of mental health stigma um, when I went back to school after all of this happened. And one of my good friends who I had trusted to tell about my entire experience ended up using my mental health to bully me and told everyone at my school what had happened. And I was so embarrassed of my mental health that I let her, in a sense, just hurt me so much. And so I realized, now I realize that it's kind of insane how much it hurt me that she shared around the fact that I have something that affects so many people. And so my goal is just to really help remove the stigma and to tell teenagers and adolescents that it's okay to have a mental illness. And that's something that affects, I think, one out of four people. So it's not something to be ashamed of. Wow. One out of four people. Yeah. Yeah. It's insane. It's a lot of people. Given that I do a lot of work with young adults like yourself and into college and right out of college, so sort of like junior of high school to two years out of college, mm-hmm. um, I'm curious about that one in four statistic because there's so much pressure for you all to perform, succeed, keep up, manage, cope, um, that there's so many of you guys suffering with anxiety and depression. So, and I just, I want to take a moment and um, acknowledge the one in you that likely felt really hurt and deceived by revealing yourself so vulnerably to your friend and then your friend, you know, taking the liberty to share your story without your permission or behind your back. I can imagine that was a really difficult time. Yeah, it was very difficult. hard. And simultaneously, not to diminish it in any means, yeah. so bear with me for a moment. Simultaneously, I could see how it was a gift to what it is you're now doing. Yeah. Which yeah. is speaking out um, against that. You know, who yeah. knows, had she not done that, who knows if you would have been motivated as much. I don't think I would have, yeah, had to come out and talk about it as much as I feel like I have to now just to kind of spread awareness about it. So. Since I'm almost grateful for all of that happening, it's funny how things like that happen in yeah. our lives where people are the catalyst in a way that we don't necessarily like initially, and then they're this beautiful catalyst for you yeah, know, exactly. Yeah, and yeah. so now I'm curious what's your relationship with like with her now? Um, we don't actually talk anymore. It ended yeah. up she was also bullying other people in our school, so she ended up getting in quite a bit of trouble with the school, um, and she transferred out, so yeah. I don't. Like I've seen her in many years, but yeah. so she's moved on. Yeah. I don't think we talked much about it afterwards. Yeah, I understand. It makes sense. I mean, you guys were really young too. That was an early yeah. stage of life. So how did you manage and deal with the bullying at the time? It was really hard. And um, my mental health started getting worse at that time as well, just because that everything that was happening with her. But I did have some really good friends who were really supportive and my family has always been super supportive. And that honestly helped a lot because I don't, I think if I hadn't been able to talk to them, um, it would have been much harder to get through, but I knew I had people that were supporting me and that loved me and that I kind of knew that they didn't see me as something weird or somebody who's dealing with weird issues. And so that kind of honestly helped me get through it. 
Yeah, the, there's a, like a balance, right? There's, yeah. there's yeah. one side over here, but you have enough love and support on the other side to balance those things out. Yeah. So that was a bunch of years ago. That was five years ago. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, how's your health now? How's your physical health? Uh, my physical health is much better now. I um, have to get uh, IV treatments every few weeks, but it's been much better and it has not gone as bad as it was in five years. So it's been remarkably good, which is awesome. Yeah, yeah this, there's this connection, right, between our physical health and our mental yeah. health. And when our bodies aren't feeling good, and we're not able to perform at our highest capacity, it doesn't feel good. It doesn't, yeah. It's a crazy correlation because I find if I'm not feeling well physically, then my mental health isn't as good as it normally is. And it's just kind of seeing the relationship between the two. Is, so. Yeah. So share with us what you're doing to help remove the stigma around mental illness. Um, so what I've been doing is talking to different schools and I've started with my school and I have plans um, to go to different schools and talking to um, mostly preteens and going those going into high school because middle schools feels like most middle schoolers don't really know about a lot of this stuff um, and so I've been going uh, to these groups of middle schoolers and just talking to them about what mental health is and sharing some facts and statistics about it which is the one in four, because I find that's a really impactful statistic to share. Um, and just talking to them and having a really raw conversation with them. And generally, it's a smaller group of students. So it's a more intimate uh, conversation, and they're able to ask questions. And it feels like it really is impactful. At least they come out of it kind of knowing a lot more about mental health and understanding what it is. And I find like it's an incredible experience afterwards just to see kind of how how such a small 20-minute like, conversation can really impact how they think about mental health. Really? Well, yeah. How, what are you seeing? Well, I, was, I actually did this with my own class in ninth grade. Um, and a lot of the people that in, that in the past had kind of made some mean remarks about what mental health is and never really knew anything about it afterwards came up to me and would say, I didn't know what it was, and I'm sorry, because I know wow. it's for having it. And wow. I had the most gratifying experience that I could have ever had, because it was it's, just so incredible. You like, drew out compassion in them. Yeah, it was really, it was a, felt really good. <laughs> yeah. Wow, that's so cool. That's yeah. really, really cool. What a way to be a creator of your life experience. To yeah, it was awesome. It was and, really incredible. Yeah. And so tell me how you define mental illness. Um, I would define mental illness as something that, I mean, it is an illness. A lot of people think it isn't just because you can't see it. So I like to say it's not, it's not like a broken bone where you can see it and it will heal in six weeks. It's something that will kind of stick with you and, and really is kind of a a way of thinking and not something you can control, however, which a lot of people think it is. Mm -hmm. um, and not something that you choose, just um, kind of an illness of sense that really impacts how your mind works and how you're thinking about things, and whether it's anxiety causing you a lot of stress and nervousness and anxiety. 
um, or depression, which is causing you just so much sadness. It's just something that you can't control in a sense, but it's something that's so impactful that it needs to be talked about more. So now in your life, how mm-hmm. is it that you manage and cope with stress, anxiety, how, when they come up in your life? Because they, they, right, yeah. they do. Yeah, exactly. Especially in high school. Um, I find, well, I still see a therapist every week, actually. And so that has been incredibly helpful, just having someone to talk to about it. Mm-hmm. Um, but also just kind of being mindful of what's happening and different mindfulness techniques, um, meditating. You meditate. Uh, my dad is very into meditating, and so he's kind of pushed it onto me so on as much as I don't like to admit it. I mean, it's definitely there are techniques that help. And so a little bit of meditation, <laughs> um, breathing. I mean, it's just managing kind of everything, and I try not to let it build up too much because I know that my mental health um, will get worse and I'll get really, really um, anxious to bad point. And so I just try to manage everything, um, kind of organize my time, but also talk to people. So I'll talk to my parents if I'm getting really stressed and just kind of let out what I'm feeling, which helps a lot. I find it's really amazing how therapeutic and healing expressing yourself to others is. Yeah. It's like, yeah, it's, and it's one of the things that, I'm so excited um, that you are having the willingness and courage to speak about this, um, mm-hmm. particularly speak about it from your perspective to other students that are um, closer to your age and um, demographic. Because when we, like you said, when we give it space to be and when we normalize it, we're much more likely to talk about it. Yeah. But and when there's no shame around it, like, actually, there's nothing wrong here. Yeah, just, exactly. It's yeah. just, it's just a, it's just something that's occurring. Yeah. And, and I, and I could share that just like I could share. I'm so excited. I had a really successful day today. Like, it's just exactly. another part of being human. Exactly. Yeah. Because so many people struggle with it. And so it's just, it should be a normal thing to talk about and not something shameful or that you have to be embarrassed about yeah exactly right we don't want to be embarrassed by normal you know normal human experiences exactly yeah and so are you finding that more of your friends are sharing with you their stresses and actually yeah I had one of my close friends um not too long ago kind of after I talked to her about this in more detail and I started sharing more information and expressing myself to her started to do the same and saying how she didn't really know what she was feeling, but like she thinks she had struggled a lot from this in the past and hadn't ever had anyone to talk to. And some of my other friends have really just started sharing a lot more with me. And I think they realize that it's okay that they can do that now and that I'm not going to judge them for it and that other people aren't going to judge them for it. If they do, if people do judge them, then it's not their fault. It's just people not kind of being ignorant in a sense and just not, realizing that it's okay to not feel happy and all the time. Yeah. It's actually stressful to expect yourself to be happy all the time. Yeah. Nobody (laughs) is. And so, and, but everyone expects you to be. And so it's just kind of a weird expectation. Yeah. Well, our culture puts those expectations on. And I know that 
um, the social media culture. So everything you guys are seeing on Instagram and Facebook and in your, in your social media feeds is like, everyone's happy, you know, and then what's wrong with me that I'm not always feeling the way everyone else is feeling. So that can cause extra stress. Yeah. It's hard when you see on social media, everyone shares things when they're at their happiest and when they feel the most perfect almost. And so you're looking at just everyone feeling so happy when you're scrolling through social media and it's a lot to put on yourself and just to see, I feel like it definitely has a big impact on your mental health. Oh, for sure. I mean, even as adults, it does. Yeah. Everyone. It's, we all compare ourselves to others. That's just the nature of human beings. Yeah. Tell me what, um, what's your biggest stress right now these days as a junior in high school? Oh, wow. Um, just schoolwork, having a lot of that ACT, kind of everything that goes along with junior year of high school. So that's been a lot this year and just trying to manage all of the work that's due. Um, so that's probably been the biggest stress recently is just kind of trying to manage ACT prep and homework and essays and tests and all of that. Yeah. Well, that's pretty common. I, that's what I'm hearing from everyone I talk to is yeah, I think this everyone, time management piece. Everyone ha- is dealing with the same. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. So what's one piece of advice you'd give to someone like yourself who is new to suffering with stress and anxiety, having been on the other side of it now? I'd say um, feel like you can talk to people because I know that a lot of times you feel like you have to keep it in, especially in high school. You don't feel like you're able to actually express yourself to other people, um, whether it's family or friends or school counselor, having someone to talk to and just kind of release your stress and just through words is really helpful. It's a really helpful skill. And so doing that and also just managing everything, so whether it's time management or just kind of using all the skills you've learned, um, just kind of managing the time but also really just talking to people because it's not wrong. You're stressed and it's a completely normal thing. Um, and knowing that everyone goes through it and it's not something you have to feel embarrassed about just because you have a lot of anxiety or you're stressed. Yeah. 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 Well, that's, um, I think that's perfect advice. And I really love you emphasizing, talk to others, just yeah. share yourself, be vulnerable, be Take a little bit of a risk. It's not easy. I mean, I'm, I imagine it was not easy for you to start no, talking yeah. about it. More often than not, if you talk to someone about how stressed you're feeling, a lot of times, especially if it's a, another student, they'll have the same feelings. And so you can kind of both talk about how you're feeling the same way. And it kind of, it de- that definitely helps as well. It's just relating to someone else who's also feeling that way. Do you feel like your friendships are more authentic now? Feels like it, yeah, because now I feel like I can express myself to my friends and they feel the same way. And it's not as much fake friendship that's based on just acting happy all the time. So it definitely feels more authentic now that I've actually been able to express myself. Yeah, and I have to say that of all the students that I talk to and even my own children, that's the one thing that everyone claims is lacking is like this authentic connection with others. Yeah, that's definitely, I've had that experience within the past few years. And I think this has helped me kind of realize what friendships are more authentic and kind of develop more of them. And 
I've been trying to do that because the fake friendships just aren't healthy for like anyone because you're seeing this person who always seems happy and perfect. And it's a lot because you just want someone you can express with or express to. Yeah, you say they're not healthy. And, and I would also say they're just not fulfilling. Yeah. Like, yeah. They're not fun. Like, yeah. if you can't show up and be true to who you are in the moment, um, it's exhausting pretending, right? It's exhausting yeah. holding your emotions back. and Yeah, exactly. Um, holding yourself in, pushing down your feelings. It's just exhausting. Yeah. It's really exhausting. And, yeah. and none of us like to do it, but ironically, we all do it because... Yeah, yeah. Because why? Because we're afraid. Yeah, exactly. It's incredible just like how how everyone does it but it's just it's a lot it's exhausting and having real friendships and just having ones where that are more authentic are a lot less tiring and just you can be real with other people so I just want to sort of bow to your courage for standing up and being the first one to take a risk because when you do that you invite others to take that same risk and that's what we want from one another. We really want permission to show up honestly and authentically and real with each other. And you're doing that. That's, that's really amazing. It's a very courageous thing to do. Thank you. Yeah. I just kind of want this to spark a conversation at schools at least and just kind of, so everyone can feel kind of more liberated and whether it's in friendships or just in how you're feeling in general just, feel more open to everything. I think you're doing an amazing, you're giving an amazing gift to your generation um, of, you know, acceptance of authenticity, of liberation, of connection, of communication. Those are all really beautiful gifts. And um, I just want to celebrate your willingness to stand up and do that. Cause you didn't have to, you could have <laughs> just like gone along your merry way and figured out your stuff. And you're, you're taking this opportunity and really turning it into something um, amazing for everyone. And by the way, the biggest gift I am, I'm making up over here is really to, for you, like you yeah. get to have the experience of other people having compassion, feeling connected to people. Yeah. It's been a gift for myself just watching all of this happen and seeing people feel changed about almost just seeing the change in people's mindsets about mental health and just about everything. It's been an incredible gift to myself. Yeah. Do you have an idea of what you might want to study when you move into college? I actually, I've, since I, since sixth grade and since I was 11, I've actually, I got my mindset on being a therapist for children. And so that's kind of my current go, goal and going into studying psychology. That's pretty exciting. I do. Yeah. I'm excited. Really exciting. So a lot of kids I know um, don't know what they want to do, particularly even as juniors. They're like, I have no idea. And I, I think it's fun when you have an idea. And it could change. Yeah. It could change. It could yeah, change a million different iterations. But, yeah. But I like that you're keyed in and you're going to be fabulous. You're, um, you're off to a great start. And I just want to thank you for taking time to share with me your great gift. And um, yeah, I hope you come back again soon and maybe we'll check in in about a year and see how college applications are going and what's going on there. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. That'd be interesting to see in a year where I am. Yeah. So much will happen between now and then. I'm sure, yeah. <laughs>
<laughs> well, thanks, Elizabeth. Thanks so much Thank for being so much. here. Thanks for having me. You know, according to the latest Association for University and College Counseling Center survey, anxiety is the top presenting concern among college students, with 41.6% of students suffering from anxiety. These are some really big numbers. That's nearly half of students. And let's face it, anxiety doesn't start in college. As Elizabeth so bravely illuminates for us this week, these struggles can often begin much earlier in our life. And when ignored or gone untreated, can even sometimes lead to much more serious outcomes such as depression and suicide. You know, Elizabeth reminds us that when we openly share, when we talk about our struggles, we're reminded that we're not alone in our suffering. Talk, talk is what I hear her and others say is a path to healing and dealing with our stress and suffering. You know, we all face some level of stress and anxiety and there's nothing wrong with that. It's just something that's occurring. It's just another part of being human. It should be a normal thing to talk about and there's no shame in struggling with anxiety. But so many of us feel that shame, feel that embarrassment. We hide our anxiety. But when we share openly and honestly, we're actually inviting others to do the same. So notice this week when stress or anxiety show up, what do you do with it? Do you shut yourself down? Do you withdraw from others? Do you lash out? You know, we realize that it's therapeutic and healing to express yourself to others. See if you're willing to try this week just sharing a little bit of yourself with someone else. And check out next week's episode with Adam and I as we go further into exploring anxiety, the root causes of anxiety, how to recognize anxiety before it gets too big and takes over, ways to shift anxiety, and how we deal with it in ourselves. Look forward to seeing you then.